0: Welcome to the PHP Serverless News Podcast with your host, Bob Bloom, a production of South LaSalle. Welcome to my inaugural episode of PHP Serverless News, PHP Serverless Market Size. Today is Wednesday, March 1st, 2023. PHP Serverless News is my serverless news podcast with a PHP point of view, published on the 15th of the month. This is your host, Bob Bloom. Welcome to my inaugural PHP Serverless News Podcast, published on the 1st of this month instead of on the 15th. I will probably do my second podcast in a couple of weeks, but I'm not sure yet. Instead of doing one podcast show that has a bunch of different formats, I am doing a bunch of shows, each with its own format. To be honest, I'd rather prefer just doing one podcast show with throwing different things at it, but well, listeners need to know what a podcast is about... And now that I want sponsorship, sponsors need an idea of what type of show they are sponsoring. And well, my interviews podcast probably has the most potential, bearing it in a kitchen sink kind of podcast. would probably hinder its potential. So I think. The idea for this podcast comes from frustration. When I read things about serverless, I want to know what it has to do with PHP. Does it even work with PHP? If it does... How does it work with PHP? If it's something that does not deal directly with languages, you know, is there something lurking down the road where it cannot work with PHP anyways? You know, that's where I'm coming from. <laughs> I thought that I should do a little segment on my Bob Bloom Show podcast for PHP Serverless News. Really, um, I didn't think I had a whole lot of stuff for this podcast, so I should just do a segment on my commentary podcast. Specifically, I wanted to talk about some reinvent uh, 2022 announcements but the edge yeah, grew went to its own show i thought it would be a good idea to get out there and see what was going on with the various vendors and also that show is for commentary this show is for news probably better that i inject a bit of commentary into my news podcast than inject news into my commentary podcast I did intend on talking about a couple of reinvent uh serverless features that were announced, but two things i wanna get i want i wanna get um an industry viewpoint from my inaugural episode, and I also want a journey on the road less traveled because that's where I think a lot of good stuff for p h p developers resides. This podcast is a good excuse for me to journey into different vendors, see what's cooking for PHP developers. There's such a ton of stuff about AWS already. And if there's something I want to mention about Lambda or about the greater AWS serverless platform, then I will. But I think there's a big need for coverage of PHP serverless beyond the big three vendors. I want to kick things off with something I've been writing about in my never-ending quest to compose the perfect sponsorship pitch. And that is an indication of the size of the serverless industry and then gauging from there the size of the PHP slice. There's a website called marketsandmarkets.com and it has a report that seems to be quoted everywhere. Um, about the serverless architecture market. It says that the serverless architecture market size is projected to grow from 7.5 billion US dollars in 2020 to 21 billion US dollars by 2025. So this year, the market would be at around 15.5 billion. This number comprises, take a deep breath, automation, integration, monitoring, API management, security, analytics, design, consulting, deployment model, organization size, vertical, and region. I was hoping to find a report listing revenues by language run on serverless platforms because that's how I view the world. But this is a good start. I just interpreted $15 as being total revenue derived from all languages. Hey, that's great. (laughs) Well, I assume that ultimately a language is going to be run on serverless on a serverless platform. So all that money... To get that code onto that platform, all the money spent to run that platform, that language on that platform, all the money spent to operate that language on that platform. You know, it's all about the language. And in total, it's 15 billion. So, what is PHP's slice of that pie? Point number two of the 2022 Datadog State of Serverless Survey has a chart of the top languages used in Lambda functions. And what a surprise, the native Lambda languages dominate. Purely a coincidence, there is no non-native li- Lambda language on the chart. Python and Node.js are the most popular languages by far. So taking that chart to represent the entire industry, is that's what I'm doing. So pick a number. What does dominant language really mean? 90%, 80%, 70%? I'm really going to lowball things and just say 99% of the market is dominated by the native languages. And that would only leave 1% of the total market uh, represented by the non-native Lambda languages. So that's only $1.5 billion US this year. What is PHP's share of that non-native? Native uh, language segment. Uh, I think it's about 10%. I'm going to choose 10%, and that makes it 150 million. Of the 150 million, I'm thinking a third, a quarter is actually from charges and fees to run the language, and the rest is salaries, wages, consulting, monitoring, whatever. The conclusion that I come up with is that out of billions, PHP is tens of millions. And is this the state, the permanent state of PHP in the serverless sphere? It's just a marginal language in serverless? I I think that there is a big potential, a huge potential with PHP serverless. I think things are going to change. I think that serverless technologies are going to expand how PHP devs code. Serverless technologies differ amongst different vendors. What we call serverless is not fungible like traditional cloud servers. Different types of serverless vendors will fulfill different use cases. I think that we will see new ways of using PHP enabled by new variants of serverless platforms, which is why we need to keep an eye out on the road less traveled. Interestingly, the serverless architecture market report list company profiles in its table of contents. To me, it is a signal, an indication that have to have a wide, broader view of the serverless industry beyond the big three, even though it does list the big three. And it lists IBM, which never comes up, Oracle, Alibaba, Cloudflare, NTT Data, Rackspace, Tipco Software, StackPath, Auth0, a bunch more, Stackery's in there too. So it's a list, but it's a dated list. Looking back, it's a very dated list. I note that Twilio's not on this list, and Twilio is definitely on my list. The JetBrains 2022 survey of the State of Developer Ecosystem Survey seemed to come out a bit late, but better late than never. I took a very quick scan of the survey when it came out of my original impression, my initial impression, was PHP has become a language of Laravel monolithic web apps, quite the generalization. I decided uh, it would be interesting or perhaps embarrassing to take another look at the survey in real time as I compose this section of my podcast, so that's what I'm doing. I'm on the PHP page. Which PHP frameworks and platforms do you regularly use? I've gotten the habit of checking if the percentages total 100. Most of the time, they do not, and they do not with this question. So, devs use multiple frameworks. 10% use nothing. That said, 58% said Laravel, 24% Symfony. These frameworks are each below 10%, CodeIgniter, Yee, Slim. And that is it for the frameworks, except that they threw in WordPress as a framework. Come on. Oh, the question does say platforms. I guess that's the way they could include uh, WordPress in it. I use WordPress more than I would want to admit for a very wonderful legacy consultant. I would love to know if anyone who said that they use Laravel and Symphony ever used the composer-installable pieces of these frameworks only. And I guess exactly how it is that they use Laravel, categorize it as installer, composer-installable packages only or as fully-mounted uh, frameworks. My guess is that the devs who use Symfony tend to use composer-install Excuse me. My guess is that devs who use Symfony tend to compose or install individual Symphony packages more than artisans. Symphony's composer.json has fifty-eight Symphony packages that install a self-version. Most of these packages are in the components folder, each with their own composer.json, so you can install these packages on their own. Laravel does this with Symphony, well, similar kind of thing. Um, I'm sorry. Laravel does this with Symfony. They use individual composer-installable Symfony components. Package developers do this a lot with Symfony. However, I do not observe this practice as much with Laravel, even though it has 32, give or take, composer-installable packages that comprise the framework. I mentioned that Laravel is comprised of but 32 composer-installable packages at every opportunity because it opens up a whole bunch of opportunities for serverless development with Laravel. I already have myself an open source package to render blade forms without mounting the entire framework. I use this package to run my own a couple of my own forms. It really works. It's wonderful. And just to throw this in, I use the Tailwind CDN just for expediency. Originally, I wanted to know if I could run one-off forms to launch back-end podcast processes with quick and dirty blade forms running on Lambda, and that's how that started, and it, the answer is yes. I do not run any back-end processes on Lambda. I just don't have the comfort, not really sure you know, how to do it or how I'd want to, and it was very expedient to use the monolithic admin frame um, web app that I love. And that's what I did. I should mention here that there's a question What template engines do you use? Blade is 41%, Twig is 26%, and that's it. Very interesting that 29 responded none, and 8% never do HTML. If we take WordPress out of this question, it's basically Laravel and Symfony. How do you run your PHP applications in production? Again, percentages. Total more than 100. 74% on cloud servers, 25% on shared hosting, 13% on serverless, 13% on platform as a service. Last year, this exact question was categorized very differently. 70% said PHP FPM, 19% said mod PHP, 9% was serverless, Lambda, Azure functions, GCP functions, etc. other, 16% unknown. I think that this is an amazing change in categorization. Interestingly, knowing that PHP FPM and mod PHP looks pretty darn important in ascertaining how to cook up bare metal PHP runtimes, but I digress. This year's categorizations are conceptually better, in my opinion. 13% use serverless, which is almost a 50% increase from last year. Note that some platform-as-a-service, which is exactly the same percentage as serverless, 13% offer serverless functions, but I don't think the twain are meeting on the survey. I then looked at the microservices survey page. I'm not a big fan of saying software development is either monolith or microservices, but it is worth taking a look at this page. Of note is that 60% use I think it's worthy 69% use open API to declare and document APIs 5% more than last year. How do you organize version control for services? 60% use multiple repos, 35% use one, 5% don't know. And that adds up to 100. And that caught my eye because something like this came up at a recent meetup. Now, the last question is really the one I'm looking for. Which language do you use to develop microservices? You know, take a little guess. What do you think it is? What did that Datadog survey said? Number one is Java at 34%. Python is next at 14%. Go is third at 12%. These are native languages, right? PHP's listed at 4%. Where was PHP last year? The question is, what language do you use to develop microservices? This year was 4% for PHP. What was PHP's percentage last year? Are you sitting down? It was 20%. This decline is what caused me to wonder if PHP is just becoming a monolith language of Laravel development, I think this is quite the emotional reaction more than anything. But it gave me pause to think. I wanted more of a bird's eye look at PHP in this inaugural episode of my PHP Serverless News, just to kick things off. Thank you for listening to my inaugural PHP Serverless News podcast php serverless market size the next episode is probably march 15th you have been listening to a south lasalle production opinions expressed are not necessarily those of south lasalle bob bloom nor of the organizations represented links and materials discussed on air are available in the show notes for this show Information-contained herein have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but are not guaranteed. Podcasts are released under copyright. Rights are reserved. Email correspondence to the attention of Bob Bloom at bob.bloom at lascellesoftware.ca.